It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I want to pull it like a whistle. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. And joins me on the other line, my guy, Brian Lawrence, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Play to Win podcast and the the solo host of the of the Lost Factor. How how you doing today, Brian? Good. It's good to hop on your show. I had you on the Lost Factor a couple months ago, um, and you can follow everything we're doing at p2wradio.com. Um, so thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk with it. Honestly, I get a lot of my news from you. <laughs> that's that's what's up, man. I, I'm glad that I could uh, be that vessel to relay. Uh, information to to a lot of Wizards fans out there. That's just because I, I I have really uh just way too much uh, disposable time on my hands to, to to spend tweeting and writing and and talking about the Wizards on a, on a regular basis. It's really it's really a sickness, but in this sense, I guess it uh it, it works to my benefit. <laughs> you actually you actually go to the home games, right? You're in the you you sit in the press box. Yeah, yeah, for every every single home game. So it, it's 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 been a a whirlwind of experiences for this year. <laughs> awesome, man. What are we talking about? Yeah, man. Well, we're going to start talking about uh, this game right here. Uh, the Wizards just fell to the Miami Heat. Uh, it, it was a pretty close game. Uh, and what the Wizards uh, ended up, they were down by 19 points at halftime and ended up uh, uh, coming back all the way into the game, even taking a three-point lead with less than a minute left. Uh, but in classic so Wizards fashion, uh, the game went to overtime, and then the Wizards subsequently lost in the overtime. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on what you saw from the team uh, in totality. You know, from them, you know, getting getting down early, coming back, uh, seemingly having a win locked up, and then blowing it, and 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 then yeah, just 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 really blowing the game in the overtime. Yeah, it, I mean, it, again, it's kind of unpredictable. I mean, you know, do I love Miami Heat? No, but they're second in the East. So, you know, we we always battle. Like, sometimes we get blown out by bad teams. Sometimes we play good teams close. It's just like you don't know what you're going to get. Um, and and Beal had himself a night. You know, there, I think we'll get into him a little bit later. But, you know, I think he just kind of did what he had to do up until crunch time where he deferred to Mahimi on, like, a layup. Um, you know, just little things like that where I thought he had the layup himself, just take it. So it's hard to talk trash about Bradley Beal on a night like tonight with 38, 9, and 5. Um, but I, I would just, I would just again question, you know, we're giving up an, another game where we're giving up 134 points. Like I know we went to OT, but it's just, again, it, where's our defense? You know, are, is it, is it existing at, at all? We have athletes. Um, we have young guys. It seems like we should be able to commit to the D. Um, but I, I just I just continue to watch teams just pour on points. I mean, look at Jimmy Butler. Guy almost had a triple-double on us. Uh, he made it look easy and effortless at times. Um, so I don't know. It's just uh, To me, I think it's just another wizard game where we gave ourselves a chance but didn't know how to properly close it out. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you where they didn't know how to close it out. But I think that there were some good takeaways to take away from, uh, you know, the Wizards' performance in this game. And I wanted to start with Bradley Beal. You know, I think that um, I've been pretty tough on Beal uh, for the majority of the season because I feel like he's really un- underperformed for the majority of the year. I know that, you know, he, he's, uh, he's scored a lot of points. But in, in my honest opinion, I feel like a lot of his scoring this year has been of the – of the Devin Booker variety, you know, where it's coming in like, you know, and blowout losses and, and, and a lot of contests where, you know, the, the outcome is never really much in doubt. Um, but tonight I felt like his, all his 38 points 
um, I felt like was 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 very uh, indicative of the kind of night that he had overall. Because you know, while I don't think that he closed well in the overtime period, I do think that he made a lot of winning basketball plays um, from the from, from I would say about the six minute mark of the fourth quarter uh, up until uh, that last possession of regulation. You know, I, but that I feel like. That last, I was gonna say that, that last possession—he didn't even get a shot. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. I mean, that's just like what is it comparable to? Like, how often do you see that in the NBA? You know, I was thinking when I watched it, I was thinking about Kirk Cousins when he when he took the kneel instead of spiked the ball against the Eagles before halftime, and it's just like those botches seem to always happen to us. Maybe you can pinpoint a time where an NBA player has not gotten the shot off to win the game. He's your All Star. Um, but I thought that was a bigger deal than than some. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that it was definitely a big deal that Brad did not get a shot off. I do think that uh, that he probably – I, I do think that the Wizards, if I were running the team, I probably would have called a timeout right there and run a set play just because the Wizards had so much success running uh, set plays um, so far in this game. And just because, you know, that, that, that you know, just that, that, that type of play where – you know, you let the your your uh, your best offensive player get the ball and kind of freelance and coming up the court. You know that that type of uh, freedom is kind of reserved for guys like a James Harden or a Steph Curry, where they have a, a proven track record of being able to kind of freelance on the spot and make something happen. Where I think Bill really hasn't shown the ability to to make those type of plays in the in the in the clutch. So I, I would have preferred to have called a timeout, let the team regroup. And, and run a nice offensive set right there. But, again, though, like I said, Bill, as, as an all-star player, you, know, you, you got to at least get a shot up right there. And, like, for him to not get a shot attempt, I, I do think it is, is a, a blemish on his game for tonight. It's, it's a problem, too, because he had the ability to blow by his defender, and he can hit that mid-range jumper. So it, it, it's not as if he didn't have options. He had options. He could have gotten the three off. It just kind of looked like he got stuck crossing over too late. Um, but it's just, in my opinion, it's not acceptable, especially since we were up three with so many seconds left, and we gave up we gave up another corner three to, you know, a, a power forward. You know, it's like we shouldn't be losing that game like that. It's just – and I wasn't okay with some of the times that, that Beal deferred. And, and one was specifically – I don't know if it was a pick and roll or not, but he got he got Mahimi rolling and tried to hit him up with a bounce pass. I think it was a steal or some sort of you know miscommunication. Um, but little things like that are just that are tough to come back from. Like has Mahimi been playing better? Yes, but not necessarily a guy we want to you know rely on scoring. One thing that he said is that that Beal may not be that guy, but he has to be right. Like per contract per. Like, even the things that he tweets, like, he talks about, you know, he wants to be that guy. Like, he, he was telling people early on, I saw a tweet that said, like, a week in hoop. And he was, like, talking to some reporter. Um, and it's just, you know, he, he talks a, a big game. And I, I just want to see, like, him be competitive to be able to be, like, the eighth spot of the East. Like, I don't think that that's asking too much. And this game was just kind of a, a microcosm of the whole season. Yeah, man, I, I do agree that with this game has been a microcosm of the whole season. And really, if it's a microcosm, then you have to talk about how, you know, the Wizards really didn't even have uh, a full uh, arsenal of players to even throw out there. And and that's really the, the story of this Wizards season is the fact that, you know, they, they, they're they uh, leading the NBA right now and uh, 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 games lost for, per man, like as far as each each individual player missing games for injury. Like, you know, I, I'm sure that this would be a different outcome, uh, or I'm not sure this would be a different outcome if they had Rui or Mo Wagner out there. But at the same time, I think that when you look at, you know, them starting guys like uh, Gary Payton and Isak Bonga, uh, you know, that th- this is this is really a still a very makeshift Wizards roster. And when you look at the Miami Heat, I do think that this is a, a difference between, you know, organizational structure um, – where you have a, a franchise like the Miami Heat who have done a great job of going out and finding these diamond-in-the-rough uh, talents. Uh, when you look at guys like Kendrick Nunn, who was playing in the G League last year, and, you know, they, they, they snuck and signed him 
at the end of last season. This guy played for the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors. He didn't even start for his G League team last year, but he starts for the Miami Heat, and he's averaging, you know, like 15 points a game. Uh, you, you look at a guy like Duncan Robinson, uh, who went four for seven from three-point range tonight and had 13 points. You know, this is a guy who uh, went undrafted and, you know, has, has kind of been bouncing around from, you know, summer league teams and G League teams. And, you know, uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs uh, let him go out of their organization. But Miami went out and found these guys, and they have uh, good talent on their team. And so when you look at the system that they run, when you have a good coach and you have uh, uh, good guys who come in, they work hard because, you know, they're fringe NBA players who are taking advantage of their opportunities. You know, I think that the Wizards did the best that they could considering the circumstance for for tonight's game. Um, obviously, like I said, I, I would have wanted Brad to, 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 to try to close out the game uh, after playing well. Like, literally, that was probably Brad's uh, best game in, in a month at least, um, you know, since, since he's been out with that injury. But I, I, I wouldn't say that uh, th- this loss was, you know, uh, any, anything that's super indicative of, 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 of what the Wizards uh, can't be or how they played badly, poorly this season. You know, I think that there was some positives to take away from this game. Yeah, and, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, Isaiah Thomas continues to be like a guy who can score some points. I mean, he was a, he was a part of the comeback in the third. Uh, where I thought he went wrong was he forced like a 35-foot jumper off balance um, after hitting a couple. So, you know, you want to give players the freedom, but it just seemed a little unnecessary. No one's even under the basket yet to get a rebound, and he's just chucking it up. Um, but I, I'm really impressed with him. Bertans, again, I mean, you know, 24 points. Like, who is he? You know, like, you know, why can't we get him a shot to close out a game? You know, like, that's what – like, if it's not Theo, I don't want it to be Mahini. You know, like, that's just kind of basic to me. Like, the guy Bertans is falling, find him, you know, and, and, and get him an open look. And maybe they're blanketing him. I haven't gotten really a chance to dive in. Um, but it, it just seemed to me like a situation where you had guys that were scoring on the bench. Um, you know, you know you, we, we talked about being short, but my question to you is, uh, with the short roster, are we kind of letting guys get healthy and just take their time, like, are we at this point tanking the season? I mean, you look at the dr- upcoming draft, uh, it's just littered with talent, um, and, and we're going to score someone and, and have, you know, some pretty good prospects going forward. Why is Russia got back? I'm wondering from what you've seen, are we kind of giving, uh, you know, not giving up, but are, are we just, you know, not really forcing a guy to come back quickly from injury for a reason? No, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case at all. I genuinely think that, uh, the team is going out and they're trying to win every game possible, and they're losing a lot of games because, you know, quite frankly, they're just not a good basketball team. They don't have to tank to lose basketball games. They're just, they're just really not that good. So, um, you know, I, I, I honestly, I honestly don't think that, you know, they're, they've just been super unlucky with their rash of injury uh, for for the year. You know, when you talk about, you know, Rui, Rui's been, he's missed multiple weeks. The guy literally got kicked in the ball. But you know, it's it's not like they're they're trying to uh, you know keep the guy out from you know coming back to play. They want him to play. He just had a freak injury. Right? I I I don't think that you know they they they're trying to come out here and tank games. You know they're trying to win every game. And I think that's part of the frustration that Bill has had, and probably led to some of those comments that he made last week. You know that they're they're trying to win games. They're just they're just really coming up short right now. So, you know, I, 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 as far as them taking it, no, I just don't think that that is uh, something that uh, is a conversation that is, is relevant for this particular Wizards team. Love it, man. I mean, I don't, I never, I'm never, I'm never team tank, um, but I just read something that was comparing this draft to like the 2013 draft and just some other ones, um, and it just kind of had me looking around. And I just don't, I, <laughs> if we can land in like a top three talent, we could be building something. Yeah, for sure, but I think this is also one of those drafts where you said, you know, if you if if it's comparable to the 2013 draft, then you look at some of the best players in that draft weren't even drafted until uh, uh, the the teens in those picks. The best players from that draft were uh, Giannis and Rudy Gobert, right? You know, and and they were both drafted uh, uh, late lottery. So you know, I, I don't think I I don't think that this is one of those situations where I think that there's just as much value this year as to having the number two pick or the number five pick. I don't, you know, I don't know if there's 
that much more value uh, to be had. And one thing that I can say is that um, um, following with uh, Tommy Shepard's track record so far, as far as acquiring talent, I think that I would have faith um, in him being able to find a, a, a another piece with the Wizards, with them uh, having – right now they're positioned uh, fifth in the reverse standing orders of the uh, of the uh, standings. So they, they they would be fifth in the uh, lottery standings right now. So, um, you know, that, that that means they could they could end up number one or they could fall back three spots like they did last year and end up, you know, picking eighth or, or ninth like last year. So it, it's really a crapshoot. But honestly, I think that the Wizards' uh, strategy from a, uh, a front office and coaching standpoint is to try to uh, assemble the best roster on the floor on a nightly basis and to try to win as many games as possible. Yeah, I love it, man. It doesn't sound to me like you're tanking, Troy, and I, and I appreciate that because sometimes I'm just in the gutter. Yeah, no, no, we, we we don't tank over here. Rain, sleet, snow, wind, loss. We're gonna we're gonna always talk about the team and give a very fair and honest uh, perspective. Um, I, I we we did a, a very uh, micro view talking about tonight's game, but I wanted to take a step back and do a little bit more of a, of a macro view of some things uh, concerning the team. And one of the things that I wanted to sit down and talk to you about was. Uh, your view of Scott Brooks and his performance uh, so far this year. So I'm, I'm going to take a, a quick break right here. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about uh, what uh, you've thought about Scott Brooks so far this season, Brian. Awesome, man. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So yeah, Brian, man, I, I wanted to sit here and, uh, and just kind of dive a little bit into uh, what you've thought from from your perspective uh, as the, the coaching job that Scott Brooks has done this year with the Wizards. You know, I, I don't think it, it, it's it's hard to judge. You know, I mean, he's been he's constantly dealt with injuries to the point of, you know, John Wall just having being injured almost Scott Brooks' entire time here. Um, and then the, you look at the roster, Bonga starting the season, you know, a rookie starting, you know, it's just, it's just different, you know. So it's hard to judge. Um, the one thing that I just have an issue with with him in general is that he came in preaching defense, you know, defense, got to stir up our defense. And I still don't feel like we have an identity, identity, not defensively. Miami Heat, for example, went to the zone D late in the game tonight. And, you know, I don't know, I can't say that it necessarily worked or didn't, but it just showed a willingness to be creative and switch back and forth. I don't know if we have, you know, if we have that defensive identity, and that's what I judge Scott Brooks on, mostly because he's preached it his entire time here. And with a team like this where we're all young and eager to win, you'd think the defense would be better. And that's my main issue with Scott Brooks. Offensively, you know, he's, he has no continuity on his roster yet, so it's hard to really nail down an offense. Defensively, it should be much easier. You know, it's just you're just kind of guarding space, um, doing some principles that you've learned since you were 10 years old. Uh, so that's where I judge Scott Brooks, and quite frankly, you know, we're, we've been really bad on defense this year. Yeah, well, I think that uh, part of the reason why the team has been so bad on defense has to do with the fact that the roster construction, they, they, they have a personnel that leads them to be bad on defense. And that starts with the fact that they start literally probably the worst defender in the entire NBA, and that's Isaiah Thomas. And so when you, when you start Isaiah Thomas and you play him, uh, you know, as many minutes a game as the Wizards have played him throughout this season, you know, they're going to be bad defensively. So then, and then you add in the fact that, okay, they don't really have any rim protection, um, you know, uh, that, and, and then Bill, I saw there, there was an article today uh, written by uh, John Hollinger, who was a former uh, executive uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies, 
but uh, he actually got his start uh, writing. Uh, he actually is the guy who came up with uh, ESPN's uh, real plus minus stat, and so and all these other like different things. And and he's one of the people who progressed PER. He talked about Bradley Bill literally being another one of the worst defenders in the entire NBA, and, and this broken breaking down film about you know how Brad has been uh, pretty much not engaged on the defensive end for the entirety of this season. And so that, you know, when, when you talk about the personnel of, you know, not having a rim protector and having, you know, IT who is at literally a, a, a disadvantage in every single matchup that he faces every single night uh, that he plays in the NBA, and then with Brad not really stepping up as a leader on the defensive end, you know, I, I think that, that they're, they're, this is a recipe for disaster for them to be able to come out and stop anybody. And, uh, but where I will give Brooks a little bit of credit, and I trust me, I've been as tough on Brooks as anybody uh, during his tenure here in D.C., but I do have to give him credit to say that, okay, he has tried to piece together uh, some lineups where, you know, the, the, the team can come out and at least try to play, you know, uh, like league average type of defense. Like, you know, it, it's one thing for them to come out and play you know, uh, with the defensive with the defensive efficiency of you know the the worst team in the league. But if they could somehow just bring that up to league average, like they could put themselves in a position to win a lot more games. And so when I look at uh, starting Gary Payton II and Isak Bonga, you know I think that that is a uh, that those are line of decisions that are purely based on trying to have the team play better defense because those guys, you know, uh, between the two of them. You know, they scored a combined seven points tonight. But uh, Gary Payton played 15 minutes, and he actually uh, led the team with a, a plus-minus, a plus-eight for the night. And Isak Bonga, he, he played 20 minutes, and, you know, he, he did some things. He had a minus-one, plus-minus. But these are guys who aren't relied on to score offensively, but their job is literally to come out there and try to stop the opposing players, uh, uh, guards, and wing players. And so, you know, I, I think that Brooks has done a good job of trying to, you know, at least switch it up. And, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, Miami was running the zone. They went to that 2-3 zone. And it did – it threw the Wizards' offense off a little bit because it really kind of turned the water off on uh, Davis Bertans and, and really not he, – he didn't get any open looks in the second half because, you know, they, they, they just really made sure that they were closing out hard on him. But, like, w w when you look at the, the matchups that they have, like the Wizards – they switched up. They run 2-3 zone. Um, they've been running that zone pretty much the entirety of the season. Now, granted, it's different because they're running a zone to mask covering up for Isaiah Thomas's deficiencies. So it, it's, it's a different, you know, type of thing with, the, 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 when, when Miami runs their zone uh, where they're using it to attack and uh, the Wizards are running their zone where they're using it to, to basically just cover up to, so, so that teams can't just hunt out IT. But I, I don't know. Like defensively, they haven't been good. But I think a lot of that has to be on the personnel decision. Um, and I mean, that's really nobody's fault, honestly. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, you knew there was going to be growing pains, uh, and we're just kind of watching it and and just following it in real time. I mean, and not having Wall, it's it's impossible to like be able to make up for his defense. Uh, you know, at times. You know, we we think that he's kind of lazy and going for steals, but the pressure that he puts on a point guard for 34 minutes a game is unmatched. Uh, dude's the quickest guy in the court at all times. So it's when having these type of conversations, it's important to remember that John Wall is in, is on our team. Um, you know, and I can't wait for him to be back uh, because I think some of this, you know. We're starting, you know, what is, like, what is Scott Brooks supposed to do? Like, we're talking about Scott Brooks and his job so far, but his options are Ish Smith or, or Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas is at the tail end of his career. So I just think that Scott Brooks is probably doing the best he can. Um, and that's kind of why I'm team tank, because it's, you know, the, 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 everything is stacked up against us. You know, everything is stacked up against Brooks. It's, it's not – he doesn't really have the deck of cards that, you know, that he needs to compete in the NBA. Uh, we're proving that night in and night out, losing to teams in the East. Um, so, you know, this Miami Heat team, you know, they're not that great. 
uh, you know, you got guys like Hero just draining threes on us. And it's like, well, when are we going to eliminate that? It's, it's, you know, pretty much all he was doing. And, and I don't, we can't, you know, who are we supposed to really, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's going to give you what Jimmy Butler gives you. And then you assume you can take out Hero. Um, and he has shocked us all season long um, with his play. And you kind of spoke to this early on, you know, with your credit to the Heat at being able to just kind of find talent and form a, a team. Um, but it, it, he shouldn't be beating us in the third quarter, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tyler Hero's been – he's been pretty consistent this year. I would say that, you know, uh, for a guy that it was drafted, I think what he he was drafted was 14th or 15th in the, in the draft this year. Um, this is a guy who I think is a, a, a lock to make um, um, uh, one of the all-rookie teams, whether that be first team or second team. I really think he probably should be a first team all-rookie guard uh, um, next to John Morant. As far as guards, rookie guards this year, Tyler Hero has played, uh, you know, some some of the best basketball, I think, this year. So, you know, I think that, like I said, that's a credit to uh, the Miami Heat organization for them to be able to to find uh, this talent. Um, But, you know, I, I, I think that, like you said, like the, I think that when, when you use the word tank for this team, I, I just really don't think that that's really all that applicable because this team's already bad. Like they don't, it's not they don't have to like they don't have to make any decision to go out of their way to lose games. Like they're right. going to lose enough games on their own. Like it's not this is not like something that I, that, that I think is even like I don't know. It, it's just not to me. It's not worth the conversation because. Like they're not tanking. Like they they're just bad. Like they're like they 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 can lose bad all by themselves. They don't have to sit anybody. They don't have to you know play any funky lineups. Like and, and to even to, to to have a point to counter that, I would say that they're clearly not tanking because like Scott Brooks has like he he's gone to a rotation now where he just doesn't play it in the fourth quarter at all. And so that that tells me right there that they're trying to win. Like somebody. Has somebody on the on on the staff has gotten into his ear and told them like, look, man, like when whenever you play it, teams are attacking him and it's just not good. And so he gets to the point now where like when you look at how it played, you know he played like the the first seven minutes to start the game and then he sit and he comes in maybe like a little bit in the second quarter at, at the end of the quarter and then he starts the third quarter and he plays like the first seven eight minutes. And then he sits the rest of the game. He doesn't – he doesn't. He never – like, this has been Scott Brooks' rotation over the last couple of weeks. And so when, when I look at IT, like, you look at – you know, he, he went on a run. IT scored, like, what, 10 points in that third quarter. I mean, and, and yeah, the team was getting back into the game. But, I mean, IT was also giving up just as many points. So, really, to me, I think that, you know, the fact that Scott Brooks has even, like, found the, the, the rotation where he realizes that he can't play Isaiah Thomas and, you know, he's sitting him. And, and, and you know, at, at this point in Isaiah Thomas's career, I mean, like, if he's hitting shots, the best you can hope for is that he ends up being a net, a net zero, like just, a, just an even player. Like, if he's not hitting shots, then, I mean, all bets are off. Like, teams are going to just run up the score on them. Yeah, it seems to happen every single game, um, and that's why we. I mean, he's gone from starting to not starting. Um, Ish Smith has had times of just looking like an absolute baller. So, it's, you know, I think I'm giving Scott Brooks the credit for uh, being creative with his lineups um, and working within what he has. Uh, you know, he's under contract for a while, but how many more years? Two or three? Well, so, next year he's out, he's got the rest of this year, and then all of next season, and then his contract is up. Oh, okay. So about a, about a year and a half. So, you know, I think he, we're going to see that finish. Um, whether we re up, I mean, maybe he, you know, when Wall comes back, we get to about average and then move on. Um, the Jay Gruden effect. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like I, I just don't know how to judge Scott Brooks yet. Like I don't think. Anything that we say is necessarily fair. I don't – never – besides that, that first year a little bit, he's never really been working with what he needs. And, you know, now Grunfeld's out. We know we're in a rebuild. Um, and I think, personally, he's doing probably the best job that he can do right now. Yeah, I, I think that he's doing the best that he can do. And, like I said, I've been tough on him uh, uh, for the majority of his tenure here in D.C. But uh, for this season, I would have to say that, 
you know, I think that, you know, he, he he's done a fairly decent job. And, you know, he, he's been able to make certain adjustments. And, you know, I think that uh, at, at the very least, I think that he's earned the right to finish out his contract uh, here with, with, with how he's uh, playing, with how he's coaching and helping, you know, try to try to develop some of this talent. Uh, one of the guys that uh, Scott Brooks is going to be tasked with uh, trying to develop is uh, a young, young young Troy Brown, who's in his second year. So I, I want to take a quick break, and and then I want to I want to come back on the other side of that break. I, I want to talk to you about Troy Brown and, and get kind of your opinion on his play for this year, and, and what type of player do you think he'll uh, ultimately end up being? Yeah, I, I've been pretty high on Troy Brown. Um, and you know, I think it's it's time to see him get some more minutes. Let's talk soon. Yep. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, now, Brian, uh, we're going to finish out this uh, this pod strong. And uh, I think you kind of gave it away with the teaser before the break there. And you said that uh, uh, you'd like to see Troy Brown get some more minutes. Uh, I think that I, I think that I, you and I are in agreement on that point, and I feel like a lot of Wizards Twitter would also be on that bandwagon of, you know, that Troy Brown should probably be getting uh, more minutes at this point. Uh, I, I would say even more minutes uh, in, 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 in the stead of Isaiah Thomas. You know, uh, Troy Brown, who came into this league uh, uh, as he, I guess he's listed as a small forward, but this is a guy who has uh, grew up playing point guard uh, on the AAU circuit. This is a guy that I would like to see get an opportunity to kind of have the ball in his hands a little bit more and, and kind of see what he's able to do, uh, especially in lineups where he's playing with, with Brad and, 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 and with Bertons and with some of, you know, the, the powerful offensive weapons that the Wizards has. Uh, uh, what, what has been your opinion of Troy Brown? Uh, so far uh, this year, and do you think that he's shown some improvement on on what limited minutes that he was able to show last year? Yeah, I would say that this is probably one of Scott Brooks' bigger issue, at least at the time here. You know, it's, it's almost like Randy, where Randy Whitman, where like, they just don't play young guys, and and I'm just on this roster, it doesn't make sense. Uh, if you look, kind of just like quickly skim through his game logs. Um, anytime he plays 30-plus minutes, he's scoring, you know, 15-plus points, often above 20. Um, and, and so he, just, he may be a guy uh, that needs high volume, uh, needs the opportunity, needs just to be on the court. And if that's the case, isn't the roster prime for a guy like him to play? I mean, you're talking about Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, at this point, I'd rather start Troy Brown at point guard. You know, I don't. do I think he's a – NBA point guard, no, but neither is Isaiah Thomas at this point. Um, and so, you know, that's where it's like what's going on. You know, there's obviously some issues with Troy Brown. Um, not, nothing that I necessarily can identify. Um, you know, I haven't necessarily studied him enough. Um, but I would say that judging just from the, his basic skill sets, um, he's better than Bonga. Right? Like, is it even a question? I don't, I don't think that was ever a question in doubt. I mean, Troy Brown was the, the 15th overall pick in the draft. Uh, and, you know, Isak Banga is, you know, a, a, a nice, young, developing prospect. But 
I don't I don't think that they were ever on the same playing field as far as uh, their uh, individual perspective as as uh, young players. They get they they've got they got the same amount of minutes tonight. Um, we we really didn't see much from Troy Brown. I mean, he, you know, he had nine points on twenty minutes. Um, but like, I, what are, what are you seeing? I mean, you're 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 at these games. Is his body language off? I mean, I know he's super vocal on Twitter. Um, seems to be a big shoe head. You know, so I follow him. I like the guy. I like having the personality, and I think he's if if you know, unlike a lot of people in the Wizards, seems to have a confidence you know factor. Um, kind of with the ball in his hand. Uh, and, and that's something that we're kind of lacking of. So there's got to be a reason. Do you know the reason? Uh, no, I think that – I think Troy Brown is a, is a confident player, and I think that when his confidence wanes, that it's, very, it's a very noticeable thing and that, uh, you know, Scott Brooks is very just old school in that manner where, you know, if he sees – if he reads the body language and he sees that, you know, Troy is not confident or – well, really, I think that this is one of the things that I've talked to, uh, you know, some of the assistant coaches and uh, player development guys about is that they're really trying to get Troy out of the habit of passing up open shots. And so I think that um, that goes along with his confidence. So on nights where, you know, if he comes out and he hits like one or two shots, then he's very confident. And, you know, when that ball comes to him, the ball is coming to him. He's, you know, locked and loaded and that shot's going up. But on nights where he's not confident, you know, he kind of he kind of uh, gets the ball and then he tends to, you know, uh, over dribble or overpass or you know make a a mistake. And I think that um, Brooks is to this point right now, like I said again, that he's very old school. And so uh, when Troy makes mistakes and then he has you know maybe some bad body language, uh, Scott Brooks is his his uh, only course of action is to take him out of the game. And so, you know, I think that some of the reason why Troy hasn't really developed as much as he should have so far is because that Scott Brooks didn't really trust him that much last year. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this on the pod, you know, numerous times that, you know, it, it was very criminal that, you know, there were guys like Kaysen Randall and Ron Baker and Sam Decker getting quality uh, rotation minutes last year over Troy Brown. And literally none of those players is even in the NBA this year. And we're, we're still waiting for Troy Brown to take that next step when he should have been getting – he should have played a 1,000 minutes last year, and he should be more comfortable with, you know, his role and uh, with his understanding of what he can do on the court as an NBA player. And, and you know, that, that I think is actually on Brooks. But for tonight, I, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I think that Troy was a little passive tonight. And ultimately, I think that Scott Brooks went with Jordan McRae, and I can't say that that was the wrong decision tonight. Yeah. Um, it's tough. You know, so do you go to the pressers? Like, are you able to ask questions? And... Yeah, I go to every press conference. I ask Scott Brooks a lot of questions. Uh, uh, he, he, he and I make eye contact, and I ask him questions because he knows I, I'm very good at, like, just asking, like, just very hoop-related questions. So he knows that, like, I'm I'm kind of digging at him uh, at some things. But, no, I ask I, him about Troy all the time. And, yeah, yeah I mean, he like, I, I think that, honestly, like, it, it's one of those situations where it, it, it kind of reminds me of how uh, Scott Brooks used to treat Thomas Sadoransky, where, right. you know, like, the guy can play. The numbers are saying that he should probably be playing more. But for just some reason, because, you know, these players are very – and I think Troy is very similar to Thomas where he's a confidence player as well. And so – and I think that they had to have that same conversation with Thomas in the past about passing up open shots. And so these, when, when you get to that pattern right there, Scott Brooks is just – he's just out. And, like – and what ends up happening is, is that Scott Brooks, when he's coaching, you can see it. He, he, he's like – he's coaching. He's looking at the game. He's looking about – he's thinking about what he needs. And then he looks down the bench. And then he looks at Troy, and he's like, "No, nah, I don't know. He just don't. I don't know if he trusts him quite as much." And so, you know, when Troy gets it going on nights like that, where you know, where and I think that he's had an uptick over the last month or so, where you know, Scott Brooks has entrusted him a little bit more. But ultimately, Scott Brooks, like I said, and this is how I know that they're not trying to tank, is because like because he's playing guys like Jordan McRae 
over Troy Brown, whereas, you know, Jordan McRae is 27 years old, and, you know, he's not even under contract for next year. He could be walking out the door. But Scott Brooks is trying to win the game. And so he, he, if he believes that, you know, Jordan McRae is going to give them the best opportunity to win, then that's the guy that he's going to roll with. I'm looking at a game versus Denver back on January 4th where Troy Brown Jr. plays 36 minutes, scores 25, has 14 boards and three assists, absolutely just filling up the stat sheet, uh, went 10 or 12 from the from field goal. Uh, just and, and it's not as it's it's you know it's not his only good game, uh, and that's one thing that kind of upsets me about the situation is he has a big frame, he has a good body, he has multiple games now of ten plus rebounds. You don't have to look that long ago, uh, you know, in the new year in twenty twenty, he's got three games of ten plus rebounds, um, and he's always filling up the stat sheet. It, it's it's got to be a mental thing um, from you know kind of what I'm gathering from you and just what I've seen. Um, if there's trust issues, that's unfortunate because, uh, like I said, he has the frame, he has the body size, and he has the skill set to play kind of the two to the four. Like if you had to go small ball, it could be worse than throwing him in there to stretch the floor out at the end of the game if you need a three or something. You know, like he is usable. Um, and it's unfortunate. So, you know, I think if, I, if I'm you, and hopefully I will be one day, and I'll join you, um, you know, behind the, behind the scene at Capital One, I want to ask him about Troy Brown Jr. too. I mean, it, it just doesn't really make much sense to me. Uh, I think Shadoransky is a great comparison. Um, you know, a, a guy that it appeared had all the skill sets. Um, but I think Troy Brown Jr. is better than him. Uh, obviously drafted higher um, from a good school. Um, you know, people did think that Grunfeld reached up, you know, he reached up the time. Uh, when he made that pick, but I was comfortable with it. You know, of course, not the most athletic coming out of the draft, but sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you need a guy that can just do a simple shot fake, get to a spot, hit a mid-range jumper, and that's the player I think he is. Um, I want to see him emboldened to do that, um, and I think Scott Brooks is kind of holding him back, and I'd be interested to uh, hear more about that. I mean, that's something that I hope you continue to press him on. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely will continue to ask him about it. Uh, like I said, like Scott, Scott, he 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 likes to avoid a lot of different questions, but never really when it comes to Troy Brown. I mean, I think sometimes he kind of goes out of his way to take little minor digs at at Troy Brown and and say you know things about his toughness or you know things about his focus or you know just just little things that you can say like. And, and and once you like start being around these people long enough, you start to um, you know understand like their their little quirks and 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 things that when they say or like the underlying message of things that they say. And so you know I think from my perspective, from having gone to a lot of uh, Scott Brooks press conferences this year, I'd say that he's been frustrated with um, the lack of consistency from Troy, and that. You know, he wants to play him, but like I said, he's also trying to win these games. So, you know, when, and I think that, you know, he's made some wrong decisions, though, as far as, you know, not playing Troy. I can think of one specific example, um, the, 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 the Chicago, when they played the Chicago Bulls um, a month ago, when they, uh, when they blew the 17-point lead uh, at home, I thought that, you know, they, they ended up closing out that game with, you know, uh, It Smith and Isaiah Thomas on the court at the same time, and I thought that that was the perfect opportunity for for him to take it out of that game, put Troy Brown in, and and try to get some damn stops. Like like they they like like they 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 literally let a team come back from 17 points down with with you know with a little over four minutes left because you know Scott Brooks didn't want to didn't want to play a young emerging defender, but you know I, I think that Troy. He is a confidence player, and so the more that he plays, the more that he'll build his confidence. And, you know, I think that as his career goes along, there will be less and less nights of him playing uh, non-confidently. I just, I just don't want another Kelly Oubre in the sense that the fan base is forced to feel comfortable without moving on from a player, and then that player goes and, and, and is efficient somewhere else. Uh, Oubre is signed for pretty cheap. Uh, would be a 
stud for us right now. Yeah, $15 million a year is not cheap. So, And I, and I would still contend I, 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 do, I would not want Uber at $15 million a year on this current Wizards roster. And that, that's, literally, that's literally a whole podcast for a whole another day. But I, I, I'm very adamant about not, them not paying him $15 million a year. I just don't think that that was a smart basketball decision. Fifteen isn't that expensive, and he didn't sign that originally. We, we could have easily had him um, for a, on a one-year deal. I mean, unless he would have refused to sign with us, or there's some story that I don't know about. Um, I mean, he, I he, he, he's a restricted free agent, so you know they, they would have been able to negotiate his deal. But uh, I mean, I, I just I just don't know. I think that the the whole uh, Wizards Twitter uh, tweeting every time that Kelly Oubre has a decent game. It's like, all right, well, are we tweeting every time he doesn't have a good game? Because it's like the guy, he's playing, he's playing decent. He's a decent NBA role player. Like, let, let me ask you this, Brian. Would you rather have Oubre for $15 million a year or would you rather have Davis Bertrand for $15 million a year? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, if I can be, if I can be honest, I'd rather have both. Like, I, I don't think that that would But the thing is, is that, that the salary cap doesn't work that way. You can't have both. So you, you, yeah. you, 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 you can't have you, – it doesn't work like that. So if you had to have one, which one would you prefer? Uh, I think I would take Bertans just because I think with a healthy wall, um, you know, he is elite. Uh, he'll have open threes all game long. Um, so that's something that I kind of want to see. Uh, Kelly Oubre also had a bunch of open threes and clanked them. Um, I guess my point was during, a, a, during these years while we're completely injured, it'd be nice to have a score. You know, I think calling him a role player is a little bit unfair to him right now. Uh, it's not just Twitter hype. The guy's dunking on people, and that's going to get a basketball player's sight. I mean, a basketball fan's sight. And so, you know, that's just something that it's not, I mean, like I it's not that I want him. It's that I don't, want to, I don't want Troy Brown Jr. to become him. It's not that I'm, like, really regretful we don't have Kelly Oubre, whatever. It's that I don't want to see another guy that was developable to move on to somewhere else and contribute. That, that and now that I can 100% agree with. And so, you know, I think that, um, that, that Troy, I would say, is much further along than Kelly was in his second season. And so I think that uh, when you look at the potential that Troy Brown has, I think that um, he is a guy that can develop. And so we'll, we'll see how it plays out, you know, uh, Scott Brooks might not even be here for the for for the entirety of Troy Brown's rookie deal. So you know, this is I think this will be a very fluid situation going forward. Can I tell you what I think is the most interesting thing about the Wizards season? I, I I'm like I'm just enjoying watching all the different hairstyles that Bradley Beal throws at us. Like tonight was like more of like an afro with a headband, and I'm just like every game I'm like, what's this guy gonna look like? And it's fun. Like that's half the NBA for me. Like I'm. I'm looking at what these guys are wearing, you know, pregame. Like, they're all, like, strutting their stuff on the way to the arena. And and it's just like this guy, Brad Beal, has shown us so many different hairdos in one season. And I'm just, like, over here thinking what's coming next. Yeah, well, I I, I like Brad. Uh, Shout out to my guy, Neil DeLaw from Hoop District, who was uh, keeping some some Bradley Bills with uh, Braid stats. I think Brad was – Putting up some numbers in the braids, so we might need to go ahead. <laughs> might need to go ahead and get him uh, hooked up with a hairstylist or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I, I really appreciate coming on. Um, I, I need you to come to my next live show. Uh, we're having a Super Bowl party at Pamplona in Arlington. Um, if you come, you won't have a. You won't even have a tab. Uh, you're on me, so come through uh, for everybody. Uh, we're always posting live live shows through PTW Radio. Um, and, and they're just a really good time. I mean, I don't even want to spoil it. it, it it's completely interactive with the audience, and uh, it's just different. So come on out next time. Yeah, man, as, as long as I can come out and try to out-drink AWOD, then I, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> He's the prince of Pamplona, so that's where we'll be at. Uh, that's what's up, man. Well, Brian, man, I want to give you an opportunity right now to kind of go ahead and uh, and plug your, your social media handles and, and let the people know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, so um, my personal Twitter uh, is Larry Law with three W's um, at the end. 
Uh, that stems from my time of, of coaching basketball at West Potomac High School. Uh, and a bunch of kids gave me that nickname, uh, so it's kind of stuck. Um, and then, yeah, I'm working with, with, with Play to Win. Um, we put out YouTube shows, Instagram, Twitter, everything, and, and these new live shows, uh, which I really do think is a cool concept. Uh, we're not taking video of it. It's not being posted as a podcast later. It's a complete live show where, for example, we were just at Dudley's uh, in Sherlington uh, for, the, for the championship round of the NFL playoffs, and before the game, we do a pregame show. And we had everyone rocking to a uh, rock, paper, scissors uh, tournament to win a Max Scherzer original painting that we had from our guy, Jay Geeker. Uh, so just little things like that, that that are just unique. You know, where is the rock, paper, scissors tournament going on uh, for some Nats art? Um, so that's just kind of some stuff that we're working on, and we want to kind of we want to get you to the scene, see what it's about. Um, we need your approval. Yeah, man, I'd love to come out and check it out, man. Like I said, man, I'm – I'm a, I, I'm definitely a, a good cheap date, man. Just come out and have some drinks and some good conversation, man. That, that, that's 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 all I need, man, in life. Man. <laughs> I was trying to get the half smoke, but um, I, I couldn't make it. I love that place. Yeah, man, it, it was a good event, man. We 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 got a chance to really chop it up with a with a lot of wizards Twitter. So uh, I'm I'm gonna try to keep doing those events uh, and and you know just keep trying to interact, bringing bringing our uh, internet realities to real life. Hey, let me know next time. I'd like to be there. All right, man. I, I greatly appreciate it, man. So thank you for coming on again, Brian. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll definitely try to do this again in the future. Yeah, man. Thanks again. All right. No problem. Like Gilbert Arenas, now I'm chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking it, try getting pants. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a stripper like Bucky. They just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we'll be on the same team. I wanna ball like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl showing shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl showing shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.